0: back to another episode of give me some truth and welcome back to this episode again this is take two stan second time's charm <laughs> so I'm Keith Pony. I was a financial advisor here with Walkner Condon. I'm joined by my uh, colleague in the international team. But we're uh, we were discussing that this is actually a, a topic that is probably of some interest to Wisconsinites. Particularly in in October and November is really when we probably should have brought this to the fore. Although you know the snowstorm that happened overnight makes it relevant again. I think I think Bermuda works eight months out of the year, if not twelve personally. Uh, well, and I, I think we should have—I think—done uh, this in person. Uh, so, we welcome to the podcast uh, the uh, CEO of the Bermuda Tourism Authority, uh, Glenn Jones. Glenn, thanks for joining us, and uh, can you give us a weather report?
1: Um, I can tell you, there's no snow to shovel. Um, <laughs> it is a little bit chillier than we like uh, today, in the low 60s. That's no good Ooh. for us in tourism. We like to get it above 70. So. Um, this is our struggle relative to your struggle.
0: <laughs> well, you know, uh, I'm sure, you know, brushing the sand off your body after the beach <laughs> is its own unique, unique, you know, when you go there for lunchtime just to, for a nice long walk. Um, you know, and well, listen, the Listen, shoes- I
1: was college educated in New England, so I understand the pain you speak of, but I don't <laughs> mm. want to be a part of it anymore.
0: Uh, so, Understood. yeah, uh, that uh, I think uh, you know that that's a discretion is the better part of valor choice on, on, on your half. <laughs> uh, speaking of, of, why don't you tell us a little bit about what what led you to your your current role?
1: Uh, actually, it was kind of a windy road to get here. Uh, I went to journalism school in Boston. And I worked as a journalist for a while and then um, spent some time working for a media company here in Bermuda. I was I was also the uh, the press secretary for a while for a head of, head of government here uh, before going into the tourism business. But I, I, it, is, it is like coming home for me. Uh, both of my parents um, uh, were in the tourism industry when I was young. So... That's pretty much what I how I was raised watching my parents go to work in hotels.
0: in in Bermuda. In Bermuda. So uh, uh, Bermuda, born and raised, and, and back home after uh, you know a brief time in the, the chilly N- New England weather.
1: Yep. So after going to school in uh, Boston, I also started my career in the U.S. In, in TV journalism, working in South Florida for a while, and then coming back to Boston to work for a while. Um, and I remember reporting one day on the side of the Massachusetts Turnpike on the snowiest winter we had in a hundred
0: years. <laughs> uh, hopefully, you that's lived what in- drove me home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully you lived in, a, in an apartment building and didn't have to shovel the snowiest winter. <laughs> um, that That's uh, always the, the way to go. So the reason we ha- had you on, it, today is to talk about something that um has has been gaining in prominence we've seen articles in the new york times for instance you know why work in snowy new england when you can work in in bermuda and things like that uh what what uh can you tell us a little bit generally about this sort of digital nomad uh policy in bermuda and you know then we can talk a little bit about how COVID has has maybe changed it
1: yeah i think um Digital nomad, of course, is something that's been around for a while, but it was elevated in importance because of COVID. And I think the government here saw an opportunity for us to pivot um, in a way that attracted digital nomads here um, different from how they were attracted here before, because, you know, we're in the business of trying to get people to come here for a full four-day weekend. Um, That, to us, is considered a win. (laughs) Uh, But in this current environment, that really doesn't make sense to a lot of people. It just doesn't work. Um, And so the government uh, took an existing policy that they had for uh, people to have a residential certificate and created instead this work from Bermuda certificate. So um, the invitation is to come to Bermuda and work remotely from here. Um, And so they asked us at the Bermuda Tourism Authority to help market this to the world. And what we found is that the very same people that we were trying to get to come here for a four-day weekend were really excited about the opportunity to come to Bermuda for four months or eight months or 12 months. Um, and that's what this work from Bermuda Certificate does. So it was an easy reach for us because these are already the people in our targets. Um, they're described as the people who work in big cities on the, in the Northeast, um, in New York City, in Boston, in Philadelphia, in Atlanta, in Atlanta. And um, we were just inviting them to try something different. Um, And many of them said, yes, it seemed to be exactly what it was that they were looking for to kind of just escape the pandemic. They weren't going to their office anytime soon. In some cases, their kids were in school remotely. Um, It was just kind of hard living in a big city. Why not just do that instead from a place that has um, a safe clean, outdoor, year-round environment instead. And a lot of people took that opportunity.
0: And in order to apply, what's the the sort of process and, and what's the, the sort of turnaround on, on the application process as well?
1: Uh, so it's a, a fully online application um, made really simple because if you meet the criteria, you're probably going to get accepted. Um, the criteria is that you have to be at least 17 years old, um, no criminal record, Uh, You need to have some kind of health insurance because um, the government was really concerned that people might come here expecting that if they got sick, Um, the community here will take care of them, know what we wanted them to do is come with their own health insurance. Um, You have to show that you were employed by a company someplace else. You couldn't come to Bermuda and take a job. That isn't what the program um, is meant to be about. Or you have to show that you were self-employed or had some income or reserve wealth that you had access to. And this works for um, people who are uh, professionals and in their careers, but also for people who were uh, studying, if they were in undergrad or graduate students, this works for them as well, as long Extended as they spring break, huh? that they had the means to sustain themselves, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, and, and that's basically it. If you had those things, you, you basically could guarantee being accepted. And if you are, um, your dependents could come with you. So if you had kids, if you uh, had a spouse, um, that was part of the deal.
0: And about how long to have the, the uh, visas been issued for, and are they renewable? You know, I come down for six months, the the pandemic keeps going, I can keep working remotely, can I keep staying there longer?
1: So if you meet that criteria I mentioned about, and you fill out the application, it's uh, $263, by the way, to fill out the application, um, because that was the price of the former residency certificate that they had, and you get your application turned around in you know five to 10 business days, if it's approved, you can come for up to a year. Um, and if you want to stay longer than that, you do have to reapply. Um, but all indications are that anybody who was approved the first time around is going to get approved the second time around as well.
0: And so what you, you seem to be suggesting here is that Bermuda would also be a, a, an attractive longer-term solution for retirees.
1: Absolutely it would. And I think the other uh, sort of green shoot we see from uh, launching this program is that a high percentage of those who are coming do not fit what was my perception of a digital nomad previously. Someone who is a creative um, works out of a coffee shop and has a backpack. Um, that was sort of my pre-COVID understanding of what digital nomads were. But instead what we've seen is a high percentage of people who own the company, um, who are at the C-suite level or director level of the, country, of the company are directors on boards. Um, and I think that's one way that Bermuda's program has kind of set itself apart from many others that have gone into this same space. And um, the reason I wanted to highlight that is because some who are having a really good experience in Bermuda are putting down permanent business roots here, either by partnering with um, a Bermudian business person or having a piece of their existing company have a satellite office in Bermuda. And um, that kind of organic growth to this idea has been really exciting to watch.
2: That's really interesting. Glenn, and just um, for uh, clarity here, um, if somebody's employed by a, a company in Europe or the United States or whatever, and they, they come on this type of visa, what types of income tax do they, do they pay in Bermuda? Zero. Right. That's amazing. So, um,
1: and of course, depending on where they're from, they would have to review their state and federal tax laws because in some cases if you're outside of the country for the right number of days you perhaps don't have to pay tax on that income either
2: that, that's correct but if you if you if you pass a substantial presence or you fail the substantial presence test meaning you've been out of the United States for a, a period of time you still owe taxes as a US citizen or permanent resident uh, but you get um, over hundred thousand dollars excluded under the foreign earned income. Exclusion, even though you're not paying income tax in in Bermuda, and obviously for people outside of the United States, usually in most in most developed countries, when you leave the jurisdiction uh, for a certain period of time, uh, you just stop being a tax resident altogether. So, given that disparity and how attractive it is to get out of your country if you can stop having to pay taxes, unlike Americans, all you know. I'm wondering what type of demographic uh, you've enjoyed in bermuda where where are people um, coming from taking you know the the larger cohorts? do you see a lot of Brits? do you see mostly Americans because of the proximity? do you see people from from Latin America? do you see people from where are they coming from?
1: Well, this is so interesting because um, when the government asked for our help to be the marketing arm for this, we were obviously most comfortable marketing in the places that we were already talking to travel consumers. And so for us, that meant the US, Canada, and the UK. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the data for this program, the majority of people have come from those three countries, um, and the Americans being the the largest share. So um, the last time we went out to survey those who were here, 55% 55% were from the U.S., 12% were from Canada, and 12% were from the U.K. Um, in our visitor data, um, about three-quarters of our visitors come from the United States, and the other two countries split the rest.
0: Wow. And, and so have you seen a little bit of, of you know, uh, uh, people coming from from Europe or elsewhere? Is that, you know, is that something that you guys have, have looked at developing?
1: Yeah, I mean... Um, I'll give you a list of the other countries that are on that are on here um, from our survey: um, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Singapore, Australia, Cayman Islands, Colombia, Germany, Ghana, Ireland, New Zealand, and South Africa. Um, so when you get down to some of those other countries, it's very thin in the numbers, but it does show. Um, the level of reach, I guess, this idea has across the world.
0: And are you uh, is right now with hopefully the the sort of uh, decline of, of COVID-19 around the world? Is this a plan that the government has shown interest in in continuing going forward?
1: It has. Um, and I'll tell you what, this this plan has come with um, a lot of benefits for those who have chosen uh, to come here that perhaps we didn't see right from the outset. Um, One of the reasons they were coming, of course, is because Bermuda had a good uh, safety record with managing the pandemic, right? The COVID cases were low, um, the compliance with COVID protocols was high, and Bermuda is isolated out here in the Atlantic and its borders are very controlled. That was the main reason that people came. But on uh, this side of the pandemic, um, we're also fortunate in that the vaccination program is running effectively, and the vaccine is available to all residents. And these folks, on a work from Bermuda certificate, are classified in our policy as residents. So they are receiving vaccine doses doses far sooner than they would have in their home countries, um, just because our population is smaller and our vac- vaccination program is aggressive. Um, so that has been one of those added benefits where when they pulled the trigger on this, there's no way they. I think they would have known that. Mm-hmm. But it's something that's allowed them to actually uh, feel more comfortable traveling and um, going on the trips that before during COVID they weren't going on. Um, so those, there's those kind of benefits that are really um, rising to the top now that make those people in the eyes of their friends and family look really wise.
0: <laughs> in fact, uh, the, the statistic we have here is that twenty seven percent of the of the population has one vaccine dose as of, as of March 10th. Uh, so that's very impressive and it looks like there were only uh, there were under 800 cases on the island in, in total. Um, so you know, in, in terms of success stories uh, in in handling the pandemic, uh, Bermuda certainly uh, deserves credit for that as well.
1: Yeah, no, we're really proud of that. We're um, on the CDC's travel risk warning level at two, um, which is one of the lower levels for any travel destination. Um, So we're really pleased about that as well. And uh, I'm happy to say I'm one of those people who is immunized. um, As of yesterday, Uh, two doses plus two weeks um, and it, it's, uh, it feels good to kind of say that out loud.
0: Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that's fantastic. Um, Thank you. I think there are parts of the United States that are probably an ele- if it's a 10-point scale, an 11 or 12 on that COVID uh, risk m- <laughs> number. <laughs> <laughs> so so two is fantastic for for, for that. Uh, would so- you like
1: to name those 10s and 11s? <laughs>
0: <laughs> there are a couple of counties, I think, here in Wisconsin that would count. <laughs> <laughs> I went- Welcome to Kenosha, you have COVID. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, I, I went skiing last uh, a couple of weeks ago and uh, you know you'd think just Given the cold weather, people would want to wear masks, but no, yeah, you know, steadfastly <laughs> refusing. No. So uh, I think you know one of the interesting things about Bermuda is that if you've lived on the East Coast, in fact, uh, we were talking a little bit about this as well. Uh, it, it's a pretty popular tourist destination. Um, I know, especially I think of uh, President's Day weekend is probably one of your big um, uh, weekends for for travelers because I living in New York, there were a lot of specials for flights down to, to Bermuda over that weekend um, but for people who may not be familiar you know it's about a two and a two hour two and a half hour flight from New York City but overall what are the the appeals you know f- in terms of tourism um, for for people who, who might want to come down there besides obviously the climate
1: well yeah the climate is definitely one of them I think the proximity message is a big one as well which you were just talking about um, you know on a good day 90 minutes from JFK you can't even get in a good nap um, after the flight takes off. Um, It could take up to two hours, you know, if it's slow on the ground to get in the air. But yeah, really close. uh, Two hours from Boston, three hours from Miami, three hours from Atlanta. Um, Those are the cities where we have most of our airlift from. Although, um, starting next month, we're going to be flying direct to Charlotte. Um, And um, on a map, we're about parallel with cape hatteras north carolina that's the closest landmass to bermuda that's how close we really are to the to the u.s east coast and i think um, on this side of the pandemic um probably not until people are vaccinated but in some cases before people are vaccinated um if they're going to take an international trip they want it to be close and they want it to be someplace where when they do the research it seems as if they've taken um the pandemic seriously and managed it well And when you start thinking about proximity, safety, cleanliness, um, wide open spaces, you can find a beach in Bermuda where you and your companion are the only ones there, and it's the nicest beach you've ever been to. Um, So when you start looking at those criteria for what people are comfortable with as they put their toe in the water to get back to travel we think we rise to the top of the consideration list. And um, the CDC moving us to level two, literally yesterday, um, is one of those things that we think adds to that um, strong argument that Bermuda is the place that people want to visit.
2: Is, it, is, is there any danger in it becoming difficult to find housing with the rising popularity of Bermuda as a, an immigration destination?
1: Actually, yes. I mean, that is a fair and valid question. There is concern about that. Um, you know, in, in our sort of infrastructure around tourism, um, there's a pretty large number of vacation rentals. So Bermudians who have homes, who perhaps have a one-bedroom apartment attached, that because Bermuda is a visitor destination, they put it on Airbnb. Um, when the world stopped, um, those places were not filled. And it meant hardship for those families who are relying on that income. What some of them have done is taken it out of the uh, vacation rental pool and signed leases with people who are here for up to a year. So that's kind of the transaction that's happened that's allowed us to um, keep things consistent and not, you know, take too much of the housing inventory Um for Bermudians who are looking for apartments or young families who are looking for someplace to stay. But that is one that does deserve careful management. You know, we're not in that space. We don't know it well, but we do see very, very easily how this program being too popular could create that hardship in other places. And I think, although not stated publicly, the government must have some limits in their mind about how many yes applications are too many. Before it starts to create a burden in other places,
2: yeah. I mean, you have to even be careful that you you don't like, you know. I mean, it it's it's a high class problem for many many people. Think right when when housing values are going up, but you could make it very difficult for ordinary hardworking people in, that that are from Bermuda to to find suitable housing where they'd like to be able to find it.
1: Yeah, no, that's, you're absolutely right. And listen, some of those people are the ones who work on the front lines of hotels and they're yeah. people that we really care about, right? And, yeah. and their income has not been over the past year what it has been in the years prior to that. So all of this definitely has to be taken into consideration. But I have to also say to you on the flip side, while we don't have the usual visitor volume that we would expect um, over the past year. This audience of Work from Bermuda certificate holders has been very helpful because we know who they are and we can market directly to them. And although they are residents, their behaviors are like visitors. They want to go to the golf course and rent a boat for the weekend and uh, eat out in our restaurants and learn our culture and visit our museums. And while we don't have the volume of visitors here to do that, this audience has been right there for the picking and it's been really useful to have them out there spending money, keeping small businesses open, and in some cases, you know, spending a week at a hotel because they're not flying anywhere for their vacation.
0: I also think, I imagine going forth that they'll they'll serve as, as great, um, you know, I, I guess influencers, if you want that term, or, or even, you know, they can evangelize for the, the joys of, of living in Bermuda and, and visiting Bermuda, I would, I would guess.
1: No doubt about it. In fact, uh, this summer, we'd like to run a friends and family campaign with them. Um, If they have been singing our praises to their friends and family, let's get them here to stay in hotels this summer so that they can spend time with family here in Bermuda.
0: So uh, I think we've we've kind of addressed everything we wanted to in, in terms of the, the visa and all of that. Is there anything else that that you wanted to mention with regard to, you know, Bermuda as a retirement destination or a winter destination for uh, people here in in the freezing Midwest?
1: <laughs> well, with with the, with the snow on the ground, I, I guess I it, it is fun to to remind people that at this time of the year, except for today, where it's like. Uh, low sixties. Um, know great you golf weather. Out- great. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. We have great golf courses. In fact, we have one opening uh, in May uh, on Memorial day weekend as part of a new St. Regis resort that's opening in Bermuda. Um, so one of our great success stories through this, um, this crisis that we've been living through is um, this hotel developer has through COVID only missed their opening date by a month. Um, And during the course of their project, which has been a couple of years, uh, Bermuda's had three hurricanes and they just have this amazing stick to it in this that through those storms and through this health storm, they've still found a way to hit their marks. And so May 22nd, uh, Bermuda will open a St. Regis property, um, one of the few in this part of the world that's opening um, right now. So we're excited about that. There'll be a new golf course associated with that. And um, we think it's kind of part of the storytelling that just helps in our recovery. Um, It's probably going to be 2023 um, before things start to feel like they felt before the crisis began. But I think our uh, recovery is going to be faster than most for all the reasons that we've been talking about. So if there are people in your listening audience who are just thinking about, you know, all right, I, I know I can see the date now when I'll be vaccinated, I'd like to get back to international travel again. You know, what's what's the right place? What what place is just exotic enough, but not too far? And I think if people are um, putting that kind of litmus test to making their decision, that we're gonna end up on the list. And if you're in my business, that's what you want. You wanna be on the consideration list. Um, and, I, and I think uh, Bermuda, fortunately, has done the things it needs to over the last 12 months to get on the consideration list of a lot of people.
0: Well, and I, th- I think you raised the the interesting point as well that, you know, uh, the value of, of travel, people don't want to be sitting in the airplane. They want to be on their vacation. And I, I think that's one of the, the great things about Bermuda as well. In addition to uh, the Gulf, I think, Stan, we've probably added now Bermuda to the winter uh, winter office locations we're considering for Walkner Condon International.
2: I, I kind of like the idea of a satellite office in, in, in the Caribbean, and, and, and Bermuda would be an excellent choice.
0: Now, this this raises, you know, my question, uh, sartorially, correct me if I'm wrong. Bermuda is the uh, place where the Bermuda short was was invented. Correct?
1: That is correct. Yes, A- and um, you've you, you've done that very well. I, <laughs> I can't imagine the research it requires to, to, to come to that point.
0: Well, I was, you know, s- sartorially wondering if you know if we set up this office, will we have to wear the traditional, you know, more formal Bermudese uh, r- r- attire of the the sport coats. The shorts and and so on and so forth, or is it gone well, more casual? You know,
1: it's it's not required, but we'd appreciate if you did. But you know, it means you should probably tan those knees before you get
0: here. <laughs> we're gonna we're definitely gonna blind some people when we step off the airplane. I can I can assure you of that. <laughs> Very white knees here.
1: Well, I, I didn't know. I did. I, my intel was not as good as yours. I didn't know that you guys were golfers, and um, and so am I and um, I have to tell you I'm very fortunate to live here where you know within 20 minutes in any direction I could be playing at one of eight courses that'll just blow your mind away it's really oh, wow. a great place to play golf
0: uh, well we're, we're very very jealous especially as we're about a month away usually the masters is what you know marks the opening of uh, courses around here though uh, we uh, a couple of us got out last week my
2: wife and I got in nine holes on uh, Saturday
0: So there you go. But uh, well, and and Glenn, you'll have to listen to our upcoming. uh, uh, One of the partners here is pushing for a master's uh, preview podcast. So as a golfer, you'll have to tune in, tune in for that. But uh, really want to thank you for your time and appreciate all of your insight, Glenn, and and good luck with everything. And, and, you know, hopefully things keep moving forward in, in the right direction as it sounds like they are.
1: Yeah. I hope for that too. We can't wait for things to get back to normal. And it's good to spend some time with you guys today. I appreciate it.
0: I appreciate it as well. Take care.
3: Walkner Conan Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor with the SEC. The opinions expressed by the participants of this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Walkner Conan Financial Advisors. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific security. Investments or investment strategies. Investments involve risk and, unless otherwise stated, are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Thanks for listening, and for further information, please visit walknercontinent.com.